This is your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes jam-packed with up-to-the-minute news from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice every weekday. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. So I thought I was sick of the impeachment stuff. Who knew I had potential for anger about this? Well, that impeachment, that will anger some people. That's the thing. I thought, I actually think that Trump is an actor, and I suspect that all of this stuff is arranged to prevent Ukraine from investigating Burisma. I think the whole thing, there's a chance that it is completely fake. Yet when I saw the articles of impeachment, I was like, I have had it. I have had it. These Democrats, they are just outrageous. They are destroying this country, and it is just, it makes no sense. And you know, it's like, it's so hard for me to can't, like to be outraged, but I was outraged. It is really hard to care and get worked up about impeachment, but I guess they keep beating us over the head with it, and you turn on the TV, and you're like, oh my gosh, again. Well, because they're going to do it. Like, that's what's annoying to me, is that this was all fun and games, but they're drafting these articles of impeachment. They're going to vote on them. I assume that it's going to go to trial in the Senate, which is going to dominate next year. Not to mention, it completely obscures real devastating policy decisions that are going on right now. But did you read the eight-page, I don't know if it's a draft or a precursor or what, but these are what is the current version of the articles of impeachment. I didn't read the articles in, in entirety. I wasn't no. going to because you're just like, yeah, whatever. But it was only eight pages. Normally, it's like 800 pages. <laughs> just like obviously no one can yeah. keep up on this in real time. Yeah. So like uh, so I did actually read it. And I and that's how they get you. They can just have the mainstream media summarize stuff, which it, it's like you, you said yesterday about the Zelensky stuff. Anything he says, the mainstream media is going to either discredit or emphasize depending on what they want so you can't you have to get the original documents anyway yeah and this one being eight pages that's good that you can do that because usually it's like 400 pages and six hours of testimony and then like all in one day so they can just pick out whatever one or two quotes satisfy their narrative on either side and both sides feel vindicated and neither side has read or has any idea of the full context and that was going on and every one of the congressmen have at least dozens of people on their staffs. So yeah. they have people who can like be assigned 10 pages or yeah. th- th- this half hour, record it, listen to it. You have eight hours to like pick out the worst stuff. So yeah. I did actually read it and uh, it said one of the things I, I didn't like transcribe a bunch of quotes off of it. I just uh, wanted to get the impression and give you my kind of summary. So one is abuse of power that was in it. He He tried to get Ukraine to interfere in the 2020 election. This is what it says expressly. Now, for me, that alone, by having an investigation into Biden, that alone doesn't make sense to me. Because in my opinion, and I think we discussed it immediately, like, why is Biden even running? Like, Trump could beat Biden in a second. Like, Trump's dream is to have Biden run against him. Biden's ridiculous. You know? Yeah, you don't have to cheat. It's so out of out of vogue for the Democrats to choose, like, the anti-intersectionality candidate. It's just, you know, it's just ridiculous. So it, Trump isn't a fool. No one, No one's saying he's a fool. And the idea behind this is that he didn't want Biden to be nominated, which is silly. I can't think of anybody with less 
chance of winning against Trump than Biden at this time. Yeah, they never address that aspect of it, that he's the worst candidate in history. And when Giuliani started this stuff, it was well before Biden even announced that he was running. So this whole thing makes no sense. If there's a fair trial, and there won't be, then it doesn't, it's this kind of stuff would make no sense at all. They say that withholding the aid interferes with U.S. national security, which, again, I completely question that premise, given that escalating Ukraine-Russian conflict, which is what this aid does, and promoting a a coup government over there is bad for U.S. national security. We should be minding our own business. We should cut off aid to the entire world. That would be better for security. Put it, Build an iron dome, but don't do this. So they did that. Uh, that that was the first thing. One, the second thing that he was accused so it was abuse of power in two ways: trying to get them to investigate Biden in order to interfere with the 2020 election, and get them to announce so announce the investigation. So it was to announce the investigations, and the other investigation they wanted that he's being accused of abusing his power to get was the quote. This is what it says in the articles. The discredited theory that Ukraine, rather than Russia, interfered in the 2016 election. But an investigation would disprove, not discredit, disproven. That's what you want. You don't want the word discredit. You can discredit something that's true. Yeah, Like Alias Shakespeare is thinking that. There's a book by Joe Sobrand, I think, Alias Shakespeare, which says it wasn't really Shakespeare. And, like, I think about that, and I think that may be true. And I was talking to an English professor, and he said, oh, that's been widely discredited and i was like yeah but i think it might be true <laughs> you know like what, what does that mean what's your opinion what, yeah right it doesn't matter what's if it's discredited proof, is it true evidence? or not so that so if it's wrong to pursue a discredited theory that may or may not be true that's a major problem for justice and then they so the the answer was that uh he tried to do those two things by in return for two things which was withholding this aid and withholding a meeting, a head of state meeting at the White House. So Zelensky was going to be invited to the White House, and the aide was going to get there. Now, Zelensky actually announced that there would be no investigation, or certainly he would oppose it, and he got the aide and went to the White House. So, you know what I mean? To the extent that there was... I, the, the, the thing should be bluffing. Like, the, the under, the, this high crime or whatever is a, a half-assed bluff that nobody even pursued that may or may not be true based on your interpretation of like one sentence. Yeah. That's, and it's all about interpretation. That's the thing. And they talk about it on the news last night. Don Lemon said something like, yeah, the Republicans say this is up for interpretation. It's not up for interpretation. It's in the transcript. He asked for a favor. See, this is what's, yeah, this is what's insane about it. That's his that- argument. We all know that is what politics is all the time, like cherry picking, singling out little things and yeah. trying to get to the nuance. Could you imagine? First of all, this thing with Netanyahu, the things that Trump has done in what looks to me the service of Netanyahu's election over there, I think you could absolutely prove it. And this is real stuff that's going to cause we probably already got people killed. I mean, you could really dig into that. And my point is when you're accusing somebody of something like John DeLorean, I was looking at this stupid thing called framing John DeLorean by uh, Alec Baldwin and those guys. It's so, it was so awful. Uh, they, John DeLorean got off. This is probably the last time anyone got exonerated for entrapment because everybody just pleads out for fear of the death penalty for whatever college admission scams. So, <laughs> but the, but the, 
you have a lot of evidence. You know what I mean? Like there's evidence of like they have a picture of him like looking at or touching or taking money and he still got off. Like there's they have videotapes, they have recordings, they have of the person doing something wrong. And then you have to decide whether it's it rises to the level of that crime. This is all that stuff is gone here. And that's why it's infuriating, because it is really an abuse of power by the Democrats. It's just absolutely it's just an abuse of it's really unconscionable, in my opinion. And I'm somebody who doesn't even think they have a conscience. But this is so shocking that it can I think it will totally fail because I do believe that it is even beyond the dumbed down, numbed American public to tolerate. Like you, I think it's designed to fail. I think its purpose is to fail, to f- make people further dig in on the left and the right so that they you know, just can continue to harden their positions as we go through 2020. The actual mo- more important thing, though, I think is the second one, which says that he subverted subpoenas. So this is how they get you. Like, I think that's how they got Bill Clinton, too. Or it's, it's that it's – that, resisting arrest canard or the obstruction of justice and the Mueller thing. The underlying crime isn't important at all. It's just the stuff that happens after, which which smacks of a setup anyway. Like, I really, I, I have to say, I'm toying with the idea of just totally objecting to ever having any penalty for a follow-on crime when the underlying crime is non-existent like I, I now it that would they don't like laws like that or precedents like that because it creates this incentive or this motivation for someone to actually obstruct justice because they're like well i didn't do the underlying thing so i can mess with you and they can't have that so they really will never they'll never allow that that rule to stand but it should be harshly scrutinized by the people in power, of course, we, we've lost all hope that they will have standards. Yeah, and all of their positions depend wholly on public ignorance around the law, the Constitution, the history of impeachment, and the way the political process works in general, like you just said, regarding the, the standard operating procedure of quid pro quo type stuff. I want to really dig into this and research it, but all the news, it comes so fast— I, I barely have time keeping up with it, and it's the stuff behind the scenes that's more important, like the USMCA, yeah. which I want to get to. But let's uh, – there There was other kind of stuff that went along with this, that IG report we talked about yesterday. I don't know if there's any more in that. I did see some headlines about Comey on there, but I didn't get a chance to dig into it. Did you see any, any of that stuff? Yeah, there was a lot of stuff yesterday. Real quick follow-up to something from yesterday – Russia and Ukraine did agree on a ceasefire reluctantly, so we'll see if in the coming weeks how that is reported, if it's reported as him bowing down to Putin or not. Well, Putin has criticized us a lot in the past for, for not us, but whatever, our puppets over there, for not obeying the agreements that they reached, that the problems that come are because they reached these agreements and then Ukraine on our behalf or whatever, doesn't actually follow through. Let's hope they do. I'm sure the progressives will send someone over uh, camouflaged as a Ukrainian and have them blow up the ceasefire. John Brennan was over there during all this when he was head of the CIA. It's like, um, and we're what now? Handing out cookies in the town square? Yeah, I'm (sighs) sure they have some people over there right now going to sabotage the ceasefire. But yeah, there was a whole lot of pretty interesting 
IG report related stories and impeachment related stories. One I thought was uh, particularly interesting was that an argument over impeachment turned violent on Friday or on Saturday when a 272 pound, 62 year old man allegedly grabbed his girlfriend of seven years and shoved her to the ground in the couple's Florida home. Do you want to take a guess on what kind of home it was? (laughs) Double wide? Yeah, do I need to tell you this is in a trailer park, is what I'm asking? Nope. I that that is the paradox of the trailer park is that the largest people seem to live in the smallest homes. Absolutely, and this is an over fifty-five retirement trailer park home too. And in the police report, the woman whose name is not listed says that they started fighting around seven forty-five. They don't say the content of what they're fighting about, and she says, and he walked away to the back room still making comments and so he walked a foot or two away <laughs> to the back I'm sure room. He, he had one then, foot in each room a big guy like that exactly she goes to confront him and when she goes to confront him so he must have said something she really didn't like <laughs> on his way out he grabbed her and he shoved her to the ground and police noted that she did have a bruise on her arm she sounds a little bit involved too you think she was provoking I'm not saying she's provoking. I'm saying there's she's a lot. an agent provocateur. He, if he walked Putin. away, I guess the, the mobile home <laughs> is really tiny so that she can make that as a argument. But they don't actually say in the main article about this who is the – Pro-Trump. If somebody is pro-Trump or not pro-Trump. And another article says that the woman is a registered Democrat, but I don't know if that one's accurate because I saw two different things on that. But what's interesting to me about it is – one, this type, this type of thing probably happens more than we think, mm-hmm. and it's probably going to continue happening. Yeah. But in this case, we don't even know if there, it's presented as though it's a Trump versus yeah, uh, yeah, Democrat right. thing, and the guy looks like a the guy yeah. looks like the biggest maga, maga redneck hat. white, yeah, Sarasota floor, everything you picture in your head in a trailer park. <laughs> but for all we know, they could have been fighting over who who gets to have Trump as their hall pass. They could have been fighting over how much they love yeah, Trump. Yeah, yeah. They could have been fighting over who gets to wear the MAGA hat. Yeah. We have no idea what they were actually fighting right. over. Right, but they could probably get a real story of people fighting. I mean, that you get to the point where you can't even have friends anymore. Meanwhile, policy is all unimportant. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, another similar story to that. A bar patron, I believe this is also in Florida, it is also in Florida, spit on a man wearing a Make America Great Again hat, and he... Told him to go back to Russia, you fucking communist. <laughs> he said, after being arrested, he said, I was just trying to protect you guys because I support law enforcement. He said this to the cops. Trump supporters are communist and they're racist. I don't even care that I'm in jail. It, it's exciting. Plus, I have more time on this earth than he does anyway. He probably feels good about himself. So the anti-Trump guy called the Trump guy a communist and a See, racist because the anti-russian democrats think of putin as a czar not a commie you know what i mean yeah. like he's got his rhetoric I mixed I up know. it's confused <laughs> yeah it's confusing and one more quick quick hit on that is james comey emerged from his forest <laughs> yesterday to go appear did on some really? shows and write an article I saw, his, did. Or, I saw his name. Was, I thought uh, it was related to the IG report. Do tell. It is related to the IG report. He came on Anderson Cooper. Not, well, that did not sound good at all. He came on Anderson Cooper's show to celebrate <laughs> the findings of the IG report. 
which he, he hadn't read the IG report yet. It's like 500 pages, and he's on Anderson Cooper celebrating. And he also wrote an article, and what he said in the article, and he echoed this in all of the appearances he made, he said, the FBI fulfilled its mission, protect the American people and upholding the Constitution. Now, those who attacked the FBI for two years should admit they were wrong. But the FBI that was, his was totally thrown under the bus in this report. The complete Yeah, clown. he obviously hadn't read well, it Well, I didn't either, so maybe he was reading the opposite interpretation from a different... Exactly. <laughs> I took Fox. He picked a different I just, page. I don't know, I always take Fox, even though I can't even take it anymore. It's so... It's... Whatever. If you're gonna, If you're gonna have two super biased things, you need them to be super biased so you can see both sides of the story. You can't have them both kind of promoting the same underlying propaganda and just i mean because that's what it is it's just like these little things like well the debunked theory of ukraine and 27 like i don't read that on fox or wall street journal i want wall street journal to say you know hillary skewed the election by paying off ukraine you know just so i know what the counter argument is yeah exactly they are promoting that underlying theme that we talked about i heard that on a few fox shows and i think rush might have too where they're accepting that premise that russia definitely guilty i know but it's not an evidence it's not an evidence and just it doesn't even stand to reason russia is so freaking busy and does not have a lot of extra money especially since we're suppressing oil prices and gas prices and the i think one of the one of the gas maybe one of the gas pipelines was actually canceled and i don't know like they they got problems they're not it's a moonshot to think that they're going to affect our sham elections and it's going to matter to them yeah they've got others they can do subversion in other ways that's more value yeah, it's such added. a weak way to subvert it's nothing right it's nothing so hillary clinton popped in the news yesterday because there was a poll that was done i believe it was done by harvard university if i'm correct and they asked people who they prefer as their top choice for democrat candidate and even though she is not in the race, Hillary Clinton was the top choice. She drew 21%, followed by Biden at 20%. This is with registered Democrats who would support her if she got the presidential hmm. nomination. And John Kerry was even thrown into the mix. But 22% of registered Democrats, let's just say it's 50-50 in the world, is like 10% of the voting population. I mean, she'd get 10% yeah. of the vote. But no, yeah. no, no. It's like as a nominee and then all the Democrats vote for her. Okay. All right. Whatever. Good good idea. <laughs> it's up there with Biden. Trump would just be like, please promote the Biden-Hillary ticket. Please. Please, Zelensky. Hillary's having a stronger campaign now than she did in 2016. <laughs> right. And she's not even in the race. No, I really think that Trump would sooner pay Zelensky to endorse those guys. Than to discredit them. There would you know be, what yeah. I mean? There would be celebrations on the street if he were to do that, and if Hillary were to jump in the race. If it was, and it was Trump be a versus rematch. Biden, it would be it would be a, like the biggest landslide in U.S. history. Like his worst nightmare is that it's Stacey Abrams instead of Biden. You know. Anyway, yeah, it would also be entertaining. The jabs they're taking at each other because he won't hold back on Biden. It could be Biden pretty entertaining against, like, uh, Mayor Pete and 
Stacy oh, and Trump, like that could yeah. be, that could get real, that could get awkward. <laughs> Volatile. I mean, no, but like, Quickly. how will I report on the crazy things that Trump says? You know, like I don't know how I'm gonna. I just think it, it'll get kind of yeah. awkward. Yeah, but whatever. Yeah, I think it get very, very awkward for a lot of people. So, but the, speaking of the local stuff, I know I tweeted out this AJC article, but only because you were talking about Richard Jewell and we didn't get to it. What's that? What is the story there? I haven't been following it at all. I don't know why he popped up in the news. What's happening? Richard Jewell, who, well, for, <laughs> let me ask you a question first. Do you know who was responsible for the 1996 Olympic Park bombing? No, but I will tell you this. I grew up in New York. I was a kid, whatever, living with my parents. My, I remember my father said, as soon as they said Richard Jewell was the guy, he said immediately, within a day or two, that's definitely not the guy. They just, they don't have enough. They would be, this would be unfolding differently if he were the guy. He's the first person anyone ever heard. My dad being like, that guy is not the guy. So anybody past day two who didn't leave that possibility open was not as smart as my dad a thousand miles away. Yeah. My sister's law school class was asked a similar question about Richard Jewell, and the teacher asked them something like, Wait, it was what a defamation year was class. It? 90? Oh, it was in the 90s? Or 1996. Okay, keep going. Yeah. 1996. Asked my my sister's defamation class what they remembered about the the Olympic bombing, and who do you think – who was responsible for the Olympic bombing? By show of hands, was it Richard Jewell or whatever? And everybody in the class, everyone thought that it was Richard Jewell. And this was back in 2008. So this is 12 years after – an entire class believed it was Richard Jewell because his name was so strongly associated with it. None of them could name Eric Rudolph, who was ultimately uh, found responsible for it. Eric Rudolph, and never heard of that name. That's interesting. That means nothing to me. Because they didn't focus on him. The story became Richard Jewell, and it became a major precedent for, for defamation uh, in this country, defamation cases. And there's been a lot of defamation cases uh, in the news right now, but Jewell – Oh, the reason he's in the news is because there's a movie coming out on Friday called Richard Jewell, and it's a Clint Eastwood movie. Clint Eastwood is a conservative. Wow. And there's a movie about Richard Jewell? About the, is the he story in on of it? Richard Jewell, huh? Is Richard Jewell in on the movie, or is he against the movie? He's dead. Oh, he's dead. Oh, I didn't realize he's that. Dead. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. forgot about that. Well, he was, he, it was a little bit heavy set, right? So he was a big guy, and. That kind of stress on your a heart lot of stress, really can. Yeah. Can kill you. He he actually helped stop it. He reported the bomb in the park, and he was one of the guys that was the the hero that got the people there right. to remove it. Somebody did right. die. People got hurt, but he wow. helped prevent loss of life by oh getting people gosh. out of there. And then he was framed as the person who was guilty wow. for it. And all these publications, they jumped on board, right? Because he got that 24-hour news cycle. They all want to be the it's first like one. It's like the MAGA hat kids. Exactly. And that's what I, yeah. So here's a list of defamation cases right now in the news that are corresponding with the release of right. this movie that I think interesting. is interesting. There's the Ma- the MAGA hat kid defamation suit, which was a little while ago. The Elon Musk pedo guy defamation yep. suit was just in there this week. The If we think about the Donald Trump Stormy Daniels, that was in the news a few months back. There was – there's CNN and Devin Nunes. Devin Nunes is suing CNN. That's in the news right now. Zimmerman is suing Trayvon Martin's family. That's Those, in the news right now. 
Yes, those, ch- yeah, right. Those chicks, two different chicks, are suing Trump for denying their allegations against him. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And so I thought it was interesting that this came out. Elon Musk won his case, by the way. Elon Musk oh, tweeted. He won. After, after the guy criticized Elon Musk, the guy who was saving the children in the soccer team in the cave last year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Elon Musk sent down some stuff to try and help, and one of the guys trying to help the children said that it was just a PR stunt. We didn't use it and criticize Musk. So Musk went to Twitter and said he looks like a pedo guy, mm-hmm. and that guy sued Musk for like $100 yeah. million or something, and Musk won. Basically, the argument is over whether or not you're allowed to just freely say anything on social media, whether or not you should be held to true standards or whether it's, it's rhetoric and vitriol and – the must case came out in favor of him, so your ability to do that. All right, so here's the problem with that, though. If they don't take a strict stand on defamation and intentional infliction of emotional distress, we are going to have a problem that feels like it is not addressed by our existing system of law. So our common law stuff, our precedent-type stuff, our English-type law is going to be viewed as inadequate, and they're going to want to impose prior restraints, censorship from the social media, overarching regulatory, statutory, or just self-regulation by these basically monopolies on any single social media platform, and that is going to be way worse. I am in favor of strong remedies or at least generous readings in favor of the defamed person. I think. I mean, I think that's uh, maybe I, I've missed some policy implication there, but I think that's the that Elon Musk. The a jury said in the Elon Musk thing, they got to the second standard that they had to meet for defamation, and that's that the people who the person who was defamed, the public would have to recognize them, who they were, who they are, that because of that way it would damage them. And they said that people on Twitter who saw Musk tweet they. They would have no idea what this name is, or who Musk, this, or who, the who guy, pedo guy is. the pedo guy, Elon Musk, the guy. No, they know who Elon Musk is. I'm talking about yeah, the guy. Yeah, I don't. Called pedo I guy. thought I was just looking into the defamation stuff, and I defer to you. But I thought the way it was was that if someone was public enough, the standard was actually lower for defaming them. That like you could say nasty if you actually make someone a public figure. It was a little tricky with the MAGA hat kids because what they were saying was public figures have a lower standard. They can It's harder to win a case of defamation if you are a public person because you kind of put yourself out there. And the twisted logic behind the MAGA hat kid thing was I think someone tried to argue, well, well they became famous because of the MAGA hat incident, so there's a lower standard. But it's like, well, that's completely incestuous. You can't have that. Yeah. But So I, I think this is something – I mean, I keep digging into the defamation stuff little by little. This guy didn't get famous like the MAGA hat kid right. did, though. The the guy who helped the soccer but it, team. But still, defamation can affect you personally in your personal life. That was the argument that nobody would know who who pedo, the pedo guy. He didn't say the guy's name. Oh, pedo guy. Oh, 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 okay. It, it no, like no, I mean, that would case, make me that's think. The, that's what the jury That would said. make me think that it could, the, the guy could. It could be argued that he was not actually damaged because his like little business wasn't identified by name or whatever. He personally yeah. – I could see that. That's not inconsistent with my understanding of defamation. Back to Jewel real quick. I, I know we got some more stories. I'll do this really quick. 
One of the precedent cases, so he sued CNN, he sued NBC, he sued the New York Post, he sued Piedmont College, and they all settled with him, and they they gave him a payout. Uh, I think most of it was undisclosed. Uh, The only company that did not make a deal with him that he sued was the AJC, and this is a precedent case around defamation. They ran an article that said the FBI suspects that the hero guard may have planted the bomb. And that started the whirlwind. That that started the whole focus on him. And then people started leaking information. They started using anonymous sources. All of the stuff we see right now going on in the media where it couldn't be confirmed. It was hasty reporting. No sources sure. could be found to verify anything. There were leaks from anonymous sources. And the newspaper won the case. He did not win wow. the case. And the wow. reason that they won was because – the articles in there entirely were substantially true. The AJC articles were substantially true at the time they were published, even though investigators' suspicions were ultimately deemed unfounded. So the suspicions. Well, how did they write true. it though? Did they write it as suspicions? But I, yeah, the article. I wonder how they wrote it because I'm always very careful to that. And by the way, anonymous I think, sources. I really don't know. I should probably know. We're on WSB, and AJC was a sister company to. WSB radio, but I think they restructured it. I'm not sure that's true anymore. Anyway, I have no idea. But <laughs> The AJC won, and they were not viewed favorably by others who wrote about this case because of the way they jumped on, the way they started, the way they were using sensational so headlines. So other news outlets criticized AJC after the fact? After the fact, I found some articles that were talking about that they didn't apologize, right. they didn't admit it they were below wrong. The standard. Some of the other ones did. yes. To say that because the articles in their entirety were substantially true at the time they were published, substantially true about an article, I guess you could get the facts of the situation surrounding it. happened in the Olympic Park in Atlanta. Richard Jewell was involved. There was a bomb. Somebody died. People got hurt. Those are but all facts. a big difference between he was the hero or I he know. was the villain. That's what I'm saying. Like how That seems to, to say that the facts were substantially true seems to be focusing only on those facts that don't have any opinion about who's guilty and who's not. That's, what That's it, interesting because it reminds me of the Wall Street Journal article I read a couple of weeks ago where it said that uh, Lutsenko said about Yovanovitch sarcastically – that she gave him a no prosecution list. Like Wall Street Journal put in sarcastically, completely flipped the meaning of the actual facts. Yes. And there's going to be no repercussions of that. Yeah. And that's, that's a great, that's a great way to look at it. The jewel thing, the eight, so the AJC, they win the case. And that reminds me of the UN whistleblower standard. The facts at the time they're or the, they say facts. The information the at the time is presented was true yeah, right. as far as they know. What that says to me is that you can always hide behind it was a mistake. We thought it was true at the time. Yes, and this goes to the impeachment thing. You have to have standards. You have to have standards. And 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 we're not we delegate this stuff to professionals, sadly, professional politicians and lawyers and stuff. And judges, and they have to have the standards, which reminds me of Bill Cosby, if I can interject that. Go for it. Bill Cosby lost an appeal today. He still can go to the states for yesterday. The state Supreme Court of of Pennsylvania, I think he's in. That uh, So there is still hope, but I was pretty – I was 
that's serious because he, it is so clear when you look into his case, whatever you think of him, it doesn't matter. Look into his case. So many of his fundamental Bill of Rights rights were violated. It is so crystal clear. The bias from the jury, from the judge, everything crystal clear, unarguable. At least he should have a retrial and they he's got to stick it out. And of course, it's he's in jail pending all this, even though as a blind 80-something-year-old, who's probably out of quaaludes by now, he does not pose a threat to the public. Or, yeah. I mean, everyone is... Or he's running a quaalude (laughs) No, he just stockpiled them when they went illegal. See, black market. (laughs) There you go. People liked them. Anyway. Yeah, you've gotten me in a lot of trouble since I've started defending Bill Dude, I tweeted it today, and I thought... you made me aware A lot of times I just don't... I feel like I'm not getting... I'm not wading into some, like, highly polarizing issue. This is not polarizing, 100% of the world is against Bill Cosby. And I retweeted his tweet and I was like, how many people retweeted this? Like 20. He has 6 million followers. 20 people retweeted it. I was like, that's ballsy to be one of the people. I know, I know, I know. And I was just like, right on, you know, (laughs) stay strong. (laughs) But I did by way of explanation, include our propaganda report, I tweeted in the next thing we did. We talked about it on air. I explained why my opinions and uh, he should get out. And I did the same thing for the Kate Steinle shooter and he did get out. And then yeah. the guy who got him out was killed right about that. or died under suspicious yeah. circumstances. So I did at least think that at a certain point, the judges have to like, okay, you went on appeal, you know, just, we made our point. You've been in jail for a couple of years, but it's not happening. They are, they are just doubling down kind of Blagojevich style here. But I have to talk about the USMCA. So if you if you want to if you have anything else that's critical. No, you go for it. Okay. USMCA, it looks like it's it's passed. They certainly have reached an agreement. It's the US Mexico Canada trade agreement. And Trump tweeted about it. We finally reached an agreement. Pelosi's all excited about it. It's over 2000 pages, well over 2000 pages. And for me, a free trade agreement should be one sentence which is there shall be no tariffs, quotas, barriers, or restrictions to trade as far as that is within our control. Okay? It's that – probably three by now. I don't know. But I, so that is just – it is not a free trade agreement. It is a – there was a really good article by the New American or whatever, which is like a John Birch thing, which is a highly – suspected kind of organization but the article was good and the article talked about really good i i tweeted it and retweeted it but the they talk about how really the world government thing is first have regionalization so like the trilateral commission was a stepping stone to that when you think about the bilderberg group and those guys you think that that's like not a real thing it is a thing they do meet and in the north american union document by william weld and heidi cruz and other people, it says that they you need a kind of organization like the Bilderbergers to tell the legislators in the individual countries what to do, which is completely unconstitutional for us. They set up a free trade commission, which is almost identical to the one in the TPP. I retweeted something from Stefan Kinsella about the um, intellectual property stuff lifted from the TPP, the Trans-Pacific Trade Partnership deal that Trump made a big deal about putting down. But the – so this commission, this makes the the 
agreement like a living document. So it doesn't have to go back to Congress to get the laws changed. So what it looks like now is not what it's really going to look like. And there's a really important provision, I believe, if I understood, it's hard to get, I mean, I obviously didn't read 3,000 pages. I'm just trying to figure out, like I did read some, some passages and quotes and stuff. This is why I think the China deal, the China deal is not, getting it going to happen before the USMCA thing comes down because the USMCA has this provision where if you make a an outside deal with somebody outside the the North North American Union I'm going to call it then they can kick you out of the USMCA so that'll screw a lot of things up because there's reliance and everything so that's really like veto power on your trade agreements or they can assume the the standards for that trade agreement to the whole North American Union, which would escalate this from just a free trade place to a customs union, which is on the stepping stone of like world governments. I I have a list here of the five steps to like total union. It's free trade agreement, customs union, a common market, economic union, and then complete economic integration. Those are the five steps. So this is already pregnant with the customs union, and I think the China deal will do that so that Canada and Mexico will be part of that. This is, this is globalism, <clears throat> and, it, and hashtag it will take a Republican. That is what's happening right here and now. You've been saying it for a long time. It will take a Republican. Oh, maybe this is a good opportunity. Maybe this is a good show. I was fast talking, but it might be a nice way to introduce people to the Drive Time News Blast because it is Share the Show Tuesday. Share the Show Tuesday. Share the show with your friends, people you want to trigger, people you (laughs) think might be interested in the content because they're tired of impeachment and they're tired of the lies from the media. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com at 4 p.m. or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. We will talk to you guys tomorrow.